You know I'm gonna get you, yeah, whatever it takes to. The Los Angeles Rams are Super Bowl champions. Jake and I are very, very, very sad considering we lost a shit ton of money. And I completely lost my voice. So you might hear me cough. You might hear me crack. You may hear me do a whole bunch of things on this episode of the Basin Talk podcast. And welcome along, Bird and Jake here. Jake, how was your Super Bowl experience? It was good. My heart kind of broke for the uh, Bengals, not going to lie. I do love me some Joey B. They'll be back. They'll be back, I think. You get the offensive line to protect Burrow. They're only going to get better from here on out while Burrow obviously is on his rookie contract. So it is what it is. You don't cry over spilt milk. It was a great year by the Bengals and we move. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was a tough game. I think for, for Cincinnati. I mean, I don't know if I I guess you could say the better team did, did win in, in in this scenario with, with the Rams. And I I heard somebody say, this is kind of like Joe Burrow's humbling a little bit. And I I don't might have been, (laughs) I, I thought he played a good game. Yeah, I, I thought he played a good game too. And, and played a better game knows? than Matthew Stafford. Yeah, and who and honestly, who knows if he was even a hundred percent on after the, the 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 shot that he took, the uh the the twist and turn that his uh that his right knee did. So he, he couldn't play with an injury as far as we know. I, I mean, who knows? I will make I will make this take. If you reverse the quarterbacks, if you put Burrow on the Rams, Stafford on the Bengals, I think the Rams blow the Bengals out. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah, I do agree with that. But I mean, over overall, I mean, we both we both made money, so that's good. We would have won a lot more money if if the, if the Bengals had had ended up winning that winning that game. Yeah, but I have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let, let's just get right into it. I mean, we're gonna be talking about, uh, of course, the Super Bowl itself, and then we're gonna be talking uh, about some NBA because we made the promise that once the Super Bowl was over, it is time to really just go balls to the walls and some and some nba so uh super bowl yeah great game i think it was very 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 exciting that it wasn't brady or mahomes so it was two uh different bands of uh, of characters um first quarter of that game i think it was a lot of a lot of feeling out from the Bengals and the rams for the for the most part i mean anybody who took odell uh first touchdown Congratulations, because that was oof, that was it's a nice little throw there by, by by Matthew Stafford. Great catch by Odell, and it looked like anybody who had Odell over anything was was going to have a uh, themselves a hell of a night. Then, of course, the uh, the knee injury for Odell Beckham Jr. looking like a torn ACL for him, and uh, you know it, it 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 does suck because I think we really were there were a ton of questions about what potentially Odell Beckham could get in free agency, given the very productive run that he's had with the Rams. But now it's just looking like it's going to be another one-year deal for him, maybe in Los Angeles, as he's going to be pressed to even be ready to go for, for week one of 2022. Yeah, it just it's crazy because Odell kind of turned into a sympathetic figure in the eye of the public. He was once viewed as this locker room cancer, not a good teammate, and now all of a sudden he is like this golden child Everybody, like, see what I'm saying here? A fan favorite. And I don't think I've ever really seen this before, to be quite honest with you. He was lumped into the same category as Antonio Brown not too long ago, and now here he is. But, yeah, man, it's just 
how about that decision by the Bengals too? I mean, you're on the 50 yard line. It's the first quarter of the game. What are you doing going for it? What what, what is that? First it quarter? Makes no sense. First makes- quarter, and that led to the touchdown. Yeah, it makes no sense to me as to why Zach Taylor just had the the infinite wisdom to try and go for it. Just set the tone of the game, sure. Um, but yeah, it didn't make any sense at all when you're when you're giving the Rams back the ball if you don't get it basically in plus territory. Yeah, it it, it that wasn't the call that personally I would have made. I think you just want to pin him back. And and I know that Jake, we, we we talked about this before we came on. It wasn't really like and at that point, and it wasn't really for the entire game. The Rams didn't blow Cincinnati away. Like it was Cincinnati. not. Yeah, it was there for Cincinnati. It got away it from them. Yeah, it was. And and you know we're not going to say it. The Rams, you know, the Rams won the game. They they didn't. You know, the, the Bengals didn't lose it. The Rams won it. Some questionable and, officiating towards the end, but we'll we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we could just go right right into it. I mean, yeah, you could say questionable officiating, but I mean, they they also had one go against them with with the T Higgins face mask on that, Jalen that Ramsey. Didn't so the, game, though. the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. That, but you can't make that call though. With the, it's such a pivotal point in the game where if it's if it's if you like that and you were letting them play the entire game, you can't do that. In my opinion. Yeah. And not to mention that there was a false start on the play by Andrew Whitworth, either offsides, false start, and yeah. the play shouldn't have happened. Yes, yeah. I mean, if if you want to, if you're going to go down to the, the nitty gritty, and I, I I do agree, I I put the refs for about, and this is not to make it about the referees because it, it shouldn't be about them, but they but made it against them like they always do. For 55 minutes of that game, I thought that game was pretty damn well officiated, but the refs just kind of. Stayed out of the way. And they have to stick to that. But then towards the end, yeah, just the micromanaging that that took place. It's just like, guys, you did did a half-decent job. But I think – is it wrong of me to say if the Bengals won that game, would the refs be more of the storyline versus now? Not at all. I don't think so. You don't don't think they would have been? No, because then you can just say they let them play. That's how they called it for the entire game. It is what it is, and credit to the refs, and nobody would be saying a word. But you can't just go 58 minutes of not calling a flag, literally not calling any flags, to the last two minutes, okay, we're going to decide the outcome of this one. It, it, kills, it kills the game, in my opinion, and it makes it more about the referees and the officiating and less about the actual game, in my book. See, I, I, I disagree. Because I think if any, if the Bengals would have won that game, everyone would have, would have gone to the T. Higgins face mask on on Jalen. I think so. I, no, because then because they let them play like that is what I'm saying is that's they they let the guys play. They kept the flags in the pocket, and everybody would be like, "That's exactly how we want to see football games." Okay, all right. In, in, in that regard, yes. If you if they if that was the one that they missed, then yes, possibly that they they let it they let it go. But if there were all the flags that were thrown within the last three minutes or so on top of the T Higgins penalty that wasn't and the Bengals somehow won that game, then, yeah, there's there's there would there would have been a conversation about, oh, well, you called everything within the last three minutes. How come you didn't call this on, on, on in the start of the second half? 
which, yeah. by the way, it was a, gr- a great catch by T. Higgins. It was a great throw by Joe Burrow. I don't want to take that away, but if, yeah. there was a penalty there. There was a penalty there. But but if you go back to the point of what I originally said is you forget about the, the last minute holding penalty on Logan Wilson. It is the false start that wasn't called. You see what I'm saying? It's kind of tough. Yeah. It's tough to call. P- pass interference penalties get missed. It happens all the time where yeah. it's a split one, two, three. Ba- it's kind of like an outer safe call in baseball. That's a close play. See what I'm saying? Those can easily be missed without instant yeah, replay. That's absolutely. Like bang, how bang. It is. But with pre-snap penalties, you literally have an umpire official watching the line of scrimmage. And you, you can't you can't have viewers at home when the play happens without instant replay saying, hey, that's a false start. You yeah, see what I'm true. saying here? No, it's true. You're right. That's even more inexcusable in my book. No, I th- I think that's fair. And 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 again. You know, I'm not I'm not the one that likes to go after the officials for everything, because for me, I think human error is just is is a part of it, unless it's just flat out egregious. The pass interference one, people would have talked about it for sure, but it wouldn't have been something that I would have held my hat on, for for instance. But I, I do agree that anything that is a false start penalty that's missed, especially like like you said, Jake, when you have someone that is right on the line who is there to call said penalties. Yeah, I mean that's that's a problem. That's a big problem that it was that it that it was missed. But but with all that being said, I think collectively the referees did do an outstanding job of letting the game go, having some flow to it. Because we've seen a lot of times in these playoffs, a lot of these games be so start stop and it just there's no rhythm to it. Whereas with this game in particular. There was that flow. There was that rhythm. People could actually get into the game and not have to worry about penalty here, penalty here. It was nice just be able to to have this game, you know, kind of develop and not need this to have not to have the constant restart that we've seen so many times in these playoffs. Yeah, listen, you you can blame the refs all you want, but I'm just bringing up one instance. But obviously, that doesn't excuse. The Bengals play calling on that last drive. I mean, going to Samaj P. Ryan over Joe Mixon when you need a yard. I don't understand what the hell. But what enough of Samaj? The fact though that they kept putting him in there. Joe Mixon can catch passes. All right, it's not like he's devoid of talent as a receiver. Joe Mixon's an excellent pass catching running back. Your your season's on the line. Under a minute left. You're you're not playing Joe Mixon. You're playing Samaj P. Ryan. Can you explain the logic behind that one? No. No. And who's the guy that gets the last touch of the season for you is Samaj P. Ryan over Joe Mixon, the guy who is your franchise guy, the guy that you have committed massive years and massive dollars to. Yeah, it, it, to, to me, it doesn't make sense. It no. doesn't make sense. But then again, I, I am also not a Zach Taylor guy. So to me, I think him him making a decision like that is not a surprise to me because I, I just don't think he's a good coach. I, I don't. You have, no, you have to give you have to you have to give Zach Taylor credit for them being there. You, you can't you can't listen, man. All right, you can't kill a guy over a thing or two when it's not going well. Listen, they got he got them there, and whether if he deserves all the bulk of the credit, he's the head coach, and his name you can't rip a head coach when the team loses, and then when they win, not give him any credit. It it, it can't work that way. It's a two way street. I wasn't giving many credit when they were winning. But but how though? 
So he only gets credit when they lose. Uh, he only gets killed when they lose. But when they win, he has nothing to do with it. It, it can't work like that in my book. No, but but I haven't seen anything from him that makes that that's exceptional to me. Like, listen, he's developed Joe. But listen, he has coached and has had a very big hand in developing Joe Burrow as an sure. NFL passer. Sure, absolutely, that's fair. But how much of it is really on him? And, and I think it's a point that 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 you just made is you flip Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford. Does Matthew Stafford have the same sort of impact on the Bengals? Who knows? Who knows? Joe Burrow to me is just a generational, anybody can coach him kind of guy. I, I disagree. I, I think, uh, listen, man, I think anybody needs guidance coming out of college. Uh, I, I'm not a big believer in, okay, this guy would be great anywhere. That's not the case. I, I'm, I guess, I guess, but at the same time, what has Zach, and, and this, this is more of a, I'm asking you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting you on the spot, but I'm just asking you, has there been anything that Zach Taylor has necessarily done that you can, that you could just go ahead and say, yeah, okay. He won them. He won them that game or he did this, which led to this. And and I'm not saying the Samaj P. Ryan decision was his. I don't know. It could have been. It could have not been. As far as I'm concerned, he's the head coach. It, it falls on him. I, I could answer that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, listen, man. The fact, though, you look at the Kansas City games both times where they were down by 11 at halftime. He's the head coach that gets to rally the troops and makes them believe that they can come back and win these games. That That's also coaching. Yeah. You see what I'm saying here? So yes, absolutely. It, it goes above it goes above play calling or being you, you're a head coach. So you literally run the entire team. And it's looking like the guys play for Zach Taylor and the guys have clearly bought into what bought into his program. They won four games last year. Oh, sure. Sure. They won four games and now they're in the Super Bowl. I mean, you you can't listen, everybody wants to praise Kyle Shanahan for being a great coach. Have you seen his record in his career? It's not good. It's, it's not, not good. great. I, I, I'll put I'll put Kyle Shanahan in the and we talked we talked about it on this podcast. I would put Kyle Shanahan in the upper B tier of of, of coaches. But yeah, I man, would also it, I would also put Zach Taylor in there as well. I would put him to low end of that of that team. I I don't think being a B coach is like a bad thing. No, <laughs> like there's no, only no, 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 there's no. only like three or four A coaches in the league. I, I think of Belichick. I think of Mike Tomlin. Jim Harbaugh, a uh, Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh. Outside of Andy Reid, maybe. I mean, Andy Reid in the playoffs has he I been? Would, I would put Andy Reid in there, and I, w- I would also put McVeigh in there. Now that McVeigh's actually won something, maybe. I would put. I mean, McVay, I would it's put, just put cra- it's just there. crazy though because now back to back years, it's kind of like crazy to think about. But back to back years, a team has literally bought a championship. Hmm. Yep. Like I'm sorry, but Sean McVay, that was a pretty loaded team. See, it it's not it's not like it's not like he really elevated these guys to. They were supposed to be there. See what I'm saying? I, but the question that I asked the uh, the viewing party last night, and it's the question that I'm going to ask you right now, is um, what do you think Jared Goff was doing during the Super Bowl? I mean, he's getting paid. Who the hell? Why would he care? No, I mean, <laughs> like, he, he's, I mean, hey, he's got, I get, what, what's he getting paid? I think it's like it's 70. Just, it's just crazy, though, because the numbers between Goff and Stafford are, dare I say, near identical from what They're Stafford. very similar. Very similar. 
but that but at the end of the day there's no way Goff leads them back like that at the end and oh, no. Stafford Mm-mm. does but listen man St- Stafford I don't know man and they were that that the team that they had this year was better than any of the teams they had with Jared Goff in my opinion outside obviously prime Todd Gurley but Cooper Cup was not this with Jared Goff no no but uh, how how do I put this in a way that's that's fair to Goff. I mean, not that it matters. I think Goff sucks, but I don't think that Goff, I think, that, okay, I know, I know what I wanted to say. I know how to phrase it now, which is in a way that sounds better. I don't think Goff is capable of making guys around him better. Whereas I think that's where Matthew Stafford makes a living. And I think that's where Joe Burrow makes a living as well. There are certain guys, the best guys, the guys that end up winning championships are the guys that make their players, their teammates around them better. That's what Matthew Stafford does. That's what Joe Burrow does. That's what Mahomes does. It's what Russell Wilson does. Um, Brady, Rogers. Yeah, leave Brady at. (laughs) Brady, Brady's a new breed, man. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's... he, but, but listen, is, he's is Matthew Stafford is yeah. Matthew Stafford truly making Cooper Cup better, or is he just feeding him the ball more? Because Robert Woods wasn't even getting any looks oh. in the beginning of the year, whereas with Jared Goff, Robert Woods was Jared Goff's guy. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's an interesting, interesting question. Is what what was it with with Cup? And I think I think will be what's interesting to look at, and maybe this is something that I have to go back and I have to watch is the kind of route running and the kind of receiver that cup was with Goff versus the receiver that cup is now with, with Stafford I mean, was cup. Did cup have this ability to get open with, with Goff? Did he have to uh, simplify his routes because Goff was incapable of making the throws that maybe Stafford can make? I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that as to how it goes from one quarterback to the other. And then overnight, Cooper Cup, a guy who's been who's he's been in this league now for I think this is his third year, third or fourth year, and he just has this meteoric rise. And we and we all knew that Cup Cooper Cup was a good receiver. Like I don't think anybody was 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 going and questioning that, but nobody thought that Cooper Cup could be in the conversation of one of the top five receivers in the league, if not top three. Yeah, I think they would mention in the same breath as Devontae Adams. Yeah, I think Cooper Cup actually tore his uh, ACL or broke his leg the first year the Rams went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. I I could be mistaken, but I know he did have a a season ending injury in one of the seasons with Jared Goff. I'm not sure if it was the Super Bowl season off the top of my head, but maybe that had something to do with it. But it's interesting with Stafford because he does throw a lot of interceptions, too, at the end of the day. Oh, yes, he does. Yes, he like, does. He's, that not... Is, he's not necessarily like the Aaron Rodgers of – I'm sick and tired. Listen, people, I don't care what the postseason numbers tell me. You can't you, – enough of these Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, he has the same amount of Super Bowl rings as Aaron Rodgers. You, you can't tell me Matthew Stafford's a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, please. No, no. That's ludicrous. So it was 2018. I think that was the year. It was the year. He played eight games and he missed the rest of the year with a knee injury. Yeah. 2018. 
that was that was the the year we actually and I actually I, I do want your 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 take on this because this is actually this is a conversation that was had yesterday and I do I do want your uh, your your opinion on the matter so um this was before the Super Bowl even started and there's a debate that I have had for a long 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 time with um with my kid brother and we were had we've had just had a discussion on and off and he is a big if you don't win a championship you're useless to me kind of guy and Dan Marino obviously one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time but infamously does not have a championship ring the argument was made that Joe Flacco is a better quarterback than Dan Marino because Joe Flacco has won a Super Bowl and Dan Marino is not. Ludicrous. <laughs> like, I, I I wouldn't even entertain such an, an argument. But then, but then the, 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 the best line of all was, and I quote, Dan Marino wasted his time, close quote. God. I knew like, I it's, wanted it's to die. Just... It's just not even like a, an argument to have, in my opinion. It's just this whole – it's not like it's basketball where it's more of like an individualized sport. I think it's a lot less team-oriented than football or baseball. I think yeah. baseball and football are more of team sports where if you don't have – like Mike Trout's the best player I've ever seen. He's probably never winning a World Series in his prime. I think Agreed. that's pretty safe to say at this point. I mean, listen, I've seen crazier things, but he's always on one of the worst teams in baseball in yep. the LA Angels. and. Whereas with football, you even look, I mean, Deshaun Watson, just think of his career. I know, obviously, he's in the news for other reasons right now, but he pretty much wasted the first half of the prime of his career because he was on the Houston Texans. Yep, and he's probably going to still be there, barring something. No, I disagree. Barring. I mean, that's a conversation for another day, but uh, no. I, I don't well, I mean, he's he's not going to be there if his legal troubles are, are cleared up, but if they're not, then he'll be there. But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of guys though that it's the whole championship thing is starting. Guys are looking for easy ways to championships now to kind of cement their legacies. It's the big player empowerment error, era, or error, however you want to uh, interpret that one, in both in in all sports. Not really so much of baseball. Um, I, I obviously the NBA. We know all. We'll talk about a player that loves to quit when the going gets tough to think he can win easily. We'll talk about him. Oh, the but mega heel turn. <laughs> you're seeing it. You're seeing it now in football with Kyler Murray, probably asking out of Arizona, uh, Russell yeah. Wilson, all of a sudden in Seattle, probably asking out. It's becoming the player, the player empowerment era where the whole championship argument is just so relevant that guys need to get a championship. So they have this legacy. Well, where where do you stand on on the whole championship it, it, thing? Does a great not relevant. Do, do, just in in general, does a great player need a championship? No, in order to in be great. Not in football. No. What about in what about in basketball? Basketball, absolutely, absolutely in basketball. Okay. What about in oh well, baseball? No, because you said no. you, you're probably the example with Trout. Okay, and then in, in hockey. Hmm. I don't really in know hockey, no. It. In hockey, in hockey, no. Hockey, no. Because you I mean you have you have Henrik Lundqvist, who's one of the greatest goaltenders of all time. That's not, that's not going to be debated. And he never he never won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I think in college, I think a national championship is pretty warranted to be yeah, considered. Yeah, I think so. Mount Rushmore. 
But yeah, no, basketball, I, basketball is, is, is a little bit different, in my opinion. Because you look at all of the, the great players in basketball, they all have championships, in my opinion. The only ones that obviously don't, it's a little bit tricky because they had Jordan in their era. Where Yeah, yeah. So, like, Reggie Miller. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a classic example. Like, I think, I know for, for me, I know this is going to sound, you know, I'm going to be waxing lyrical. This is coming from a Knicks fan. But for me... I don't think you can have a conversation of one of the great NBA players without putting Reggie Miller in there. No, not at all. And that's a take that a lot of people just kind of roll their eyes at because of the fact that he didn't win a championship. But the counter to that is, well, he was on the Pacers. The Pacers played in the same conference as the Jordan era Bulls. The Pacers has never had the team to compete with the Bulls. The Pacers also had to go up against the Pistons didn't have the team there. So it's, it's just like, you know, you could be a great player and, and not, and not have the the championship. Like, I, I guess another example in this, and this is, I know I'm going to get a lot of eye rolls out of this one, but it's Tony Romo too. To, to more of a supporting point to this. I think Philip Rivers applies more so than Tony Romo. In my I think, opinion. I think that's a great one. Yeah, because I think that's a because Romo really like let's be honest here. I know. Listen, I think Tony. I thought Tony Romo was a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Romo has come up very. It seemed like I don't want to quote Stephen A. Smith here, but he kind of was an accident waiting to happen. Where in the big moments he seemed to really wilt under the pressure, throw the big interception. It just seemed, trouble seemed to have followed him whenever the pivotal moments would arise in a season from from an outsider's view. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm just saying. I, yeah, I'm going to counter that because I think a lot of people like to compare Tony Romo's style, his style, to Brett Favre, where it's very boomer bust. Brett, the difference between Brett Favre and Tony Romo is Brett Favre, obviously one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, that is undisputed, and has also won a Super Bowl. So you can mask the fact that Brett Favre also has had moments where he's thrown away games because he's tried to do too much with the fact that he has won. So that aids him. But, but Tony's never even come close to winning though. You say like Tony Romo's won, won one playoff game in his entire career. So you can't really use that as a two, two. Oh, two. Excuse me. Where, where are my manners? The Eagles against the Eagles and Michael Vick and against the now reigning Super Bowl champion, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I forgot about it. and arguably he should have lost that game too. If there was a if there was a pass and you want to talk about refs deciding a game yeah. in that game, I remember that. Well, then how about the, we talk about refs deciding a game? How about the refs deciding the game against the Packers? When Des wasn't Bryant, a catch. It was Des not a Bryant catch. clearly caught it. It was not a catch. And I love Des Bryant. It wasn't a catch. Clearly, it clearly was it was a catch. it was not a catch. What so when when the NFL says that it is a catch under uh, the, in my book, under, in my book, it was not a catch. The NFL has gone on record. And has said under the current rules that are in play today, that Des Bryant's catch should have been a catch. What? Where what, was it? The rules then? It was not the rules then, which is a ridic- so, ridiculous. So, so it wasn't a catch. <laughs> it was. It was absolutely a catch. You could you could not convince me otherwise. It was a terrible rule then. But it was a terrible rule yeah, now. It's a catch. Yeah, but like you know, just digressing here. But you think of Philip Rivers. <laughs> Um, uh, Tony Romo, I guess could apply. Would you put Matt Ryan in there? Um, no, I would say very I mean, good. Did, I wouldn't say listen, great. Listen, Matt Ryan did, didn't he? He did win an MVP. He did win an MVP. I would say very good. I would say very good. 
I, I would say very Grant. good. I don't. I, Cam he wasn't, a, he wasn't like a th- no, 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 no. Very good. No, and Cam Cam hasn't had like winning seasons other than the fit. There's there was the fifteen and one season, then the year after that. Outside of that, I don't recall Carolina being much of a force. Yeah. Yeah, we actually had this debate yesterday. Is that who I, I who's a better quarterback, Cam Newton or Joe Flacco? We had we had the debate. Hit me. No, this guy's not so much. But to a lesser extent, how about Donovan McNabb? I think it's a great one. Yeah, I think it's a great one. I was gonna. I was. I was gonna say Jay Cutler. I'm like, no, I can't. I can't even make that. I can't. I can't make that argument. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. Smoke a Jay Cuddy. What a guy. What a guy. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah, this is going to be the last football that we talk about for last legit football that we talk about for a while. So two weeks. Um, Come on, man. The combines in two weeks. We got we well, got free agency March. What? Oh, what no, 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 no. Yes, we have football storylines to talk about. But in terms of actually talking about a concrete game, yeah. this is the last football we'll be talking about for, for a few months. Like a little bit off topic about the Super Bowl. Correct me if, if tell me if you think I'm being a little like Debbie Downer. Is it just me or is the Super Bowl turning more into like a a spectacle? Like I feel like the actual game is just irrelevant. Not the focus anymore. And I absolutely 100% agree. And it's like this is the big it feels like the the, the games are more intense and that the actual Super Bowls the feeling of the biggest game of the year is the conference championships now. Yep. Because you don't I have agree. all this other nonsense going on. Yep. I agree. How how do we feel about the uh, the halftime show? Um, well, it, it was, uh, it just wasn't necessarily my style of, I do love Eminem's one of my favorite artists, but like, you know, I, I like the whole spectacle. I, I, I like actually, they also weren't on for very long, to be honest with you. I feel like the show was 10 minutes and, and honestly, it, it yeah. felt like about an hour. Yeah. Um, I've seen, I've seen better. Oh, I've definitely seen better. I've seen worse, but it just felt very. It didn't feel like a halftime show. It just felt like a, uh, like you ever go to like a you ever go to a concert where at like some weird venue, and the opener just performs for the entire time, and then the main act gets there and is one two plays like a song or two, and they split. Yep, they don't really want to be there. Yes, I have. That's that's yeah. That's kind of what it sounded like. That's what it felt you like had, to me. You, you also Snoop. have to think, though, that a lot of those guys probably forgot the lyrics to their own songs. I mean, it's you had been so Snoop, long. who was high as a kite. Yeah. High as a kite. I, I don't like Kendrick Lamar's music. I think he's the most annoying artist I've ever heard in my life. See, honestly, I had no idea who Kendrick Lamar was until yesterday. All right. No, that that's that's not that I wouldn't say that, but. Um, I see. I would listen, say that because I have not. I would I would have been happier if they made it just like Eminem and Dr. Dre for the whole halftime show. Um, sure. Yeah, sure. I would I, be I very happy you, if it was you know, Kenny Chesney. You know, you know, no, nobody gives a shit about Kenny Chesney. So he's uh, not I give the a shit about Kenny Chesney. No, no, the, 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 act, the world does not though. Like, you know, it would be have, much more entertaining. And he was in I the goddamn a, building. Not, nah, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, listen. And man. you'd be very, you'd be very thrilled with who he was sitting with. He was sitting with your favorite owner in professional sports, Robert Kraft. Why the hell is Robert Kraft my favorite owner? Because he owns your favorite team, the New England Patriots. Oh, yeah. How, how could I forget? Of course. Speaking of owners, I heard Dan Schneider might be selling the uh, Washington now commanders. 
you know, it's very funny is I wrote, I wrote that in, a, in an article uh, for the mock draft, which you can find talking by the way, I actually typed out Washington commanders and I was like, wow, that felt really weird. Yeah. Didn't like no, that. Didn't I like that. Take. Hot take though. I think post Malone will be performing in the halftime in the next five years within the next five years. I wouldn't I mind think, that. And he will be the best halftime performer the eyes have ever seen. You can take I, that to the bank. Give me, give me Creed and Nickelback next year. No, no man. Nobody, they'll, they'll be, listen, Absolutely. like those guys, they were relevant. Are you out of your mind? Be, they were relevant like 15 years ago, man. Like, and guess nobody what? Was, guess what? The 30, 35, 40 year olds will go fucking nuts. Yeah, when that's they, great. They see their the, alternative 2000s heroes before we no. got a fucking Super Bowl. It'll be great. No, Nickelback, no, they, they can stay on uh, 106.1 BLI when I was in, uh, in grade school, I, I don't, oh, I don't need to, I don't need to see, on. and I like Nickelback too. I don't need to see them at the Super Bowl. I, I want an actual show at the halftime show. You can't just be a, a good performer. You need to put on a show. And I've been to post shows. Let me tell you something, man. It's a show. They're spectacles. No, they're spectacles. Um, you know, while we're at it, all right, let's do a little bold, a little bold prediction. A little bold prediction. Uh, who, who do we think is going to be the halftime show next year? I mean, I would say post Malone, but I said within the next five years. So next year, let me do a quick review in my mind. I got an outside one for you. How about Drake? That's a good shout. That's a good shout. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a woman. I'm gonna go with a woman. I'm gonna go Taylor Swift. No, no. I'm gonna no go Taylor Swift. I don't. Who the hell it. cares about her? I don't love it. I don't love it, but. She could be a good shout, and I'll give you a real outside the box one for like the the modern for the modern child that, and I I have never listened to their music, but I know of them. Uh, BTS that could be one. <laughs> Sounds like a freaking like stomach disease. They BTS. are a they are a uh, a, a K pop boy band. Yeah, no, I, I I think Drake is a little bit of a bigger star than than. <laughs> names you mentioned i think i i could probably name two drake songs if that that's a problem i don't <laughs> I, I don't listen to this kind of music i do not that is that's a problem man drake would kill it too as, as a halftime performer wow. I, I i literally literally before we before we were coming on i was listening to 1970s genesis i do not listen to this kind of music today's music is crap yeah man i i would i would i would definitely enjoy i would definitely enjoy drake that would be that'd be a good one. So Jake, you didn't call me out on this one. I'm very annoyed that you didn't do it. We missed something. The next the next tried to trade Cam Reddish, was that it or Oh Bo <laughs> Jake, what's your deep sleeper? My deep sleeper. Missed it. You missed it. Yeah. Happens. That, that's happens. like that's like that's like saying not saying welcome to the mailbag. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the the voice deep, is gone. The head is just as gone. Deep sleeper. Not trying to get political on anybody. Mm. Just just stating an opinion. Oh dear God. The, the New York City vaccine mandate. Mm. It's getting lifted. Oh, thank goodness! Thank goodness. Washington, Washington D.C. They lifted theirs today. We're, we're heading in that direction. New York State lifted the mask and vaccine mandates. Mm-hmm. That's the state. 
Next up is uh, New York City, and that's good news for a particular team in New York City. Yes. Because, because, because the player that's not allowed to play home games actually wants to play in the damn games for the team. Yeah, unlike somebody else. We'll get to him. Unlike somebody else. Um, a deep sleeper, deep sleeper for me. I'm going to go with Starbucks. Starbucks, a deep, well, deep sleeper there. <laughs> for all the wrong reasons, for all the wrong reasons. Um, apparently, from what I understand, I talked to a whole bunch of people about this. Um, Starbucks is like a great breakup place, breakup killer relationship sort of place. And I had no idea about this and found out firsthand over the weekend about that. So, yeah, uh, Starbucks, deep sleeper for all the wrong reasons, for all of the wrong reasons. That's actually a good shout because then if you really think about it, if you really are like concerned with ending a relationship, you want to do it in public. I could see it. So yeah. Less, yeah. Less and prone that's... to cause a scene. Yeah. I, I was, I was see the, the situation was a bit, was a bit more dense. Um, and yeah, yeah. It, it, I wasn't going to throw a scene necessarily. And the the real fireworks happened after the fact when it was. Oh wait, you know, this 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 has happened to you or like what? what are oh, you this happened on Saturday. So wait a minute, you just got out of a relationship on Saturday that you're sharing with us, or? Um, I wouldn't call it a. I would call it I a chase ended. That's what I would call it. Oh, that's bullshit. I mean, listen, if a chase is gonna end, you got to do that over the phone, like. <laughs> See, that, that okay. Be done over text. Okay. All right. So since since we're here, since we're here, I'll I'll get into it. I won't mention any names, but I'll I'll I'll, gi- I'll give you the context, please. So, was involved, cordially involved. With, we get it. Yeah, you got it. involved with someone for a while. October, What's a while? Um couple months six still, six months or so still could be done over the phone oh we're getting there we're getting there october comes along she says that need to put a kibosh on things and i need to focus on career whatever family job whatever fine totally good like i get it i get it awesome don't talk for a while for I think it was like four months, four months or so. I went on a date myself on Thursday with somebody else, not her, somebody else. Great time, fantastic evening, whole bit. Friday, 24 hours after, and after I have posted said pictures of said date Thursday night onto Instagram for the world to see, including this person, she sees it. And ever so conveniently reaches out because she wants to talk. I'm like, okay, I'll talk. Fine. You name it. Where and where? 9 a.m. Saturday at Starbucks. 9 a.m. on a fucking Saturday. Like, okay. Uh, Is there anything you want to tell me? She's like, no, I just want to do it in person. Like, okay, fine. Get there. Get there. Sit down. It's 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 tense. I'm I'm on edge. I'm just like, okay, what the fuck am I doing here? And. Basically, she's giving me the whole spiel 
of, of, of her life and said that she was involved with somebody else after her and I, you know, quit the kibosh on that. And because it didn't work out because she was the one who got ended with, she felt bad that she did it to me and wanted to apologize while saying there was no chance of her and I ever being in that. At Starbucks. That's the weirdest shit I've ever heard. (laughs) Dude, I wasted my fucking time. You should have just said, what's this about? I'm not showing up unless you tell me what it's about. Literally. I, I, I came in, I went in with the wrong game plan. The wrong game plan. I was, I, I have to say, I've not wasted your time. (laughs) I'm inexperienced in that field of having to go and rekindle things. Cause usually for me, when, when it's done, it's done. And I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm moving on with my life. But this, for some reason, just can't, just came full circle. And all she needed to do was clear her head and clear her conscience. Could and have been done over a text. It could have been done over a fucking text. Exactly. I need, I not need to go waste my time. But yeah, that happened. That ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I would agree. And I and I said I literally had people in my ear saying to me, "Don't go, don't do it," and I didn't listen because I'm a schmuck. So to all those people who said, "Don't go," you were all right. So it right. wasn't like you you were already. It was already over. It wasn't like it was over at Starbucks. Oh, it was it was over. It was over in October. Yeah, but then <laughs> she, I've never heard of quite a story like this. Uh, it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. And like, why? Why? What? You want to clear your head? Okay, go I, I, clear your head. Cool. Go go make yourself feel better. Like for fuck's sake. Crazy. If there are any women that listen to this podcast and would like to explain this kind of behavior, DM me on Twitter, Eddie the Big Bird. You can go ahead and do that. I would gladly, gladly accept any all advice on this one because it literally did not make any sense to me. It still doesn't. It still doesn't. Yeah, no, I got nothing. Nope, I got nothing either. Okay, the NBA. Um, so Jake. Yep. Let's, let's just let's let's go right into it. I mean, you've you've. You've been wanting to talk about this. You've been wanting to talk about the fact they, that Ben Simmons is now a Brooklyn Net. James Harden is now a uh, 76er. Your initial thoughts, please. Before I get into the trade, I'm not saying that James Harden makes the 76ers worse. That's not the case. Having said all of that, I don't know, man. Ben Simmons, what are things that he doesn't do well? In your book, what what doesn't he do well? He doesn't shoot for shit. Okay, but he can defend the lights out of the ball. Uh, no, 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 no. What doesn't he do well? Shoot. Oh, he doesn't. He does not take three point shots for shit. Well, guess what? He won't have to do any of that here. It's a fair point. And, and what do the Nets need? Uh they need a interior. They need an exterior defender. Pardon me. They need defense. They need size. They need athleticism. Hmm. Oh, those and, are all things. And also, they also need to create easy offense for KD and Kyrie. And I was also going to say get younger at the guard position. I was going to say that too. Yes. Simmons is more of like a, a point forward to me, not necessarily a guard. But listen. You can play him at the two, play him at the three. You, doesn't doesn't matter. You can shift him around. 
but you get him. They're like, this is the ideal landing spot for Ben Simmons, in my opinion. This with the Golden State Warriors. So you you add Simmons to this. You have James Harden, who doesn't want to be there, leaving at the end of the season for nothing. I would say Ben Simmons is is a pretty decent return. Before we get into the other elements of the trade, you get Seth Curry. Joe Harris might be done for the year. Okay, that's another shooter while keeping Patty Mills. So you have Curry, you have Patty Mills, and not to mention Seth Curry last year was the go-to guy for the 76ers. When they needed a bucket, they went to Seth Curry last year. Especially in the playoffs. Especially in the playoffs. Seth Curry can create his own shot, catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. It's a great fit there while with Patty Mills. So you add him. You have Andre Drummond. What did Brooklyn need? They needed a big body to – clog the middle of the lane and also get rebounds. Their offensive rebounding was pretty ha- was pretty heinous. Yeah. It was terrible. You get Andre Drummond in here who was averaging nine rebounds a night, whereas if he played starter minutes, he'd be averaging at least 15 rebounds a night. Yep, for sure. So the guy can get rebounds. And then, oh, by the way, you went from asking for first-round draft picks for Ben Simmons if you're Philly to giving up two for James Harden, a guy that did not want to play for the Brooklyn Nets anymore. You could have waited till the end of the year to get him for nothing. But instead, you're trading away all these assets for a guy that you could have gotten for nothing. Are you are you surprised they didn't take one or two of those first to trade for another big? They tried. They tried. I don't think they need another big, though, as badly as people think. They have Drummond, who's a, like more of the prototypical five center. If you play, if you run into Philly, who, by the way, I don't think I don't think Philly matches up well against Brooklyn at all now. Not anymore, size. no, not anymore. And, and Philly doesn't have the shooting that, that Brooklyn has, especially now that Seth Curry's gone. But if you no. go up against an Embiid, you have an Andre Drummond that can kind of hold his own. I mean, I, I don't think there's any containing Joel Embiid, but you have a fighting chance with Andre Drummond, in my opinion. You have him. You still have LaMarcus Aldridge, who's automatic for mid-range still to this day. LaMarcus Aldridge, you have him that can kind of shoot it a little bit. It's a little interesting with him and Simmons in the same lineup. You can kind of have that guy that can kind of free up Ben Simmons down low in the Marcus Aldridge because you can't leave him wide open from mid-range because he'll nail it. I mean, that, that's been his MO for his for his entire career. Entire career, you, yeah. You you keep Nick Claxton, who this year was starting to come into his own. Yeah. I thought Claxton, yeah, I thought so good, too. Young, good young player. Blake Griffin, obviously not the Blake Griffin that we saw with the Clippers and early on with the Detroit Pistons. But listen, the guy's a former number one overall pick and former Skywalker. The guy can definitely jump. And the guy can definitely dunk still. I don't care what anybody tells me. And we saw it last year. Listen, he was looking like Dennis Rodman back in the day with the with the Bulls, diving for loose balls all over the place, blocking shots, getting the ball, getting the crowd into it. You still have him. And Daron Sharp, who has played pretty well this year as a rookie. So Brooklyn has bodies. And it, not to mention that there will be plenty of names in the buyout market. I, I, I look at Tristan Thompson, but I think there's other names to help them out. Yeah, the Tristan Thompson one is very interesting to me, I think. I think he's a very, they very good fit. No, I – are you? Would you be unopposed if San Antonio goes ahead with the buyout for Goran Dragic? Is I that heard it's already happened, interested? but he's not my first choice. I okay. listen. The name is great. Don't get me wrong. Um, I wouldn't be opposed, but to me, the ideal fit—not the sexiest name, but for the role that they need—is DJ Augustine. Yeah, yeah. So- solid defensively, can shoot the ball. A little, a little undersized though. Augustine, but yes, you, you he run fits into, the role well. Yes, you, you you're not going to run in. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You do run into the risk, though, in closeout minutes being a little smaller. If you're Brooklyn with it's not ideal to have Seth, Kyrie and say a DJ Augustine, Patty Mills, that's a little small. 
Yeah. Oh, it, absolutely. It, it's small. You could run into defensive liabilities that way. But in terms of what they really need on this team, you need a guy that can play off the ball. You could, you need another guy to potentially run the point with Kyrie not playing full time yet. And DJ Augustine fits that build. And they also get another catch and shoot three point shooters, 44% three point shooter, catch mm-hmm. and shoot DJ yes. Augustine. That is no yes. small feat. And he's a guy to, to me, you have Goran Dragic, who was a, a borderline star star back in the day. I, I, those type of guys to me are not really too appealing because DJ Augustine has been playing a role for a long time. He hasn't had to adjust to a different role on a team, a championship contending team. Correct. And also not to mention, he does go back with Kevin Durant. They were teammates at the university of Texas. That's true. That's true. And I think, I think that DJ Augustine is kind of the same ilk as like a Lou will that six man knows his role, knows yeah. it to play. I mean, I mean, what's the max realistically for DJ Augustine? Maybe on the real high end, maybe he plays 18 minutes a night. Yeah, that, that's on the all high end. But the bottom line is, though, in my opinion, Brooklyn made out very well in this deal for a guy that did not want to be there anymore, that quit on the team. And listen, James Harden is a losing ball player at the end of the day. Clearly, clearly, you, 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 uh, Houston, I get it. You axed out. They were rebuilding. But Brooklyn, you're here with Kyrie and KD. You thought it would just be glamours and roses the entire time, and you were just going to walk your way through a championship, not getting in shape. The first sign of trouble, you, you already want to quit? Come on, man. That's a loser move in my book. Not many are going to feel sorry for the Nets. I hate to break it to you. I think, the Nets are arguably, for I think the Nets are arguably better with Simmons and what they got back. I think Harden. so. I absolutely think so. Because now I think with with Simmons, you could argue that their window is probably extended for another three or four years at the very least. Because they're younger. They've gotten younger. There's a guy there that can at least be – if he's not going to be a part of this championship core, if there is no – if there is no championship core for the Nets right now in some hypothetical world, he could be a part of the next championship core when there is no Kyrie there, when there is no KD there. You could oh, still have I, Ben Simmons I answer. as part of the next group. I got to answer Whatever that may be. Quick. Go ahead. There will be KD here because KD is playing until he's about 37 years old. If LeBron James is playing until he's about 37 right now not and being unable to shoot the basketball – KD's game is the game is the type of game that ages very well. Yes, but at the same time, I will also say that KD, the difference between KD and LeBron is I, I, I'm not a LeBron guy. So I, 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 I feel very uncomfortable defending the position of LeBron. But the difference between KD and LeBron for me is while, while KD right now, when he is healthy, is the best player on the planet, bar none. KD in the last year or two, specifically after the injury, has had the little niggles. Yep. He's had the little things that, you know, over time, as you get older, they don't go away. Whereas LeBron, LeBron has never really had that. Yeah, yeah, he's had his injuries here. But this and there. year, though, was a fluke. And this year, you can't use this year as an example, man. The guy was no. playing defense and a guy literally ran into his leg and hyperextended it. Last year, I get it. Those, those, but it's not like Harden though with the constant hamstring injuries. No, absolutely, it's not like that. Absolutely, it's it's not. You're not. We're not talking about soft tissue issues with with Kyrie's ankles, like (laughs) like we are with 
with, with Harden. Whereas, you know, Kyrie, I actually, I actually, His ankles know, I, the yeah, ankles. The, <laughs> yeah, the ankles are the ankles, but I actually kind of think that right now with the way that Kyrie is doing indeed, you know, not playing in Brooklyn for, for obvious reasons. And then, you know, being a, a constant on the road, I actually think it's a good thing for Kyrie. I think it's a good thing for the Nets. Cause like, I mean, we've talked about this a thousand times. Yeah. The Nets have lost. What was it? Nine in a row now. Oh, 12, 12 in a <laughs> row, 12 in They're a row. Still just over 500, but 12. In a row. Okay. 12 in a row. They lost 12 in a row, but it doesn't matter. They could go into the playoffs as a six seed. They can go into the playoffs as a seven seed. Hell, they can get into the goddamn play, the play-in. It doesn't matter. They have KD. They have Kyrie. Probably by then they'll have Ben Simmons. This is a team regardless of seed. It doesn't matter where they are. Our threat to win the East. And even though they've, won, they've lost 12 in a row, they're still favorites to win the East and with good reason and with very good reason. And they're deeper now too. They had some depth problems and now that they're a little bit deeper. And to be honest with you, man, the team, the team to me that, that does not match up well, that the nets don't match up for it. I don't think they run into that's the Miami heat. That's the team to me that the nets have a little bit of an issue of matching up against, but I don't think they're, I don't think the Nets run into them though in the playoffs. I think that either the because to me, I think the Bucks match up great against Miami, and I think the Bucks handle Miami. And also, I don't the Sixers. It's tough, man. Listen, James Harden, he's got to show us something, man. He has not been. Listen, I'm not being a biased. Like I said this the whole year, he hasn't been the James Harden of Houston. No, no, he hasn't. But he makes his debut Tuesday night. So is he, or or is his hamstring still hurting him? He's out of the this, All-Star game. I think they said Tuesday night. Tuesday night's Wayne Day use, uh, seven, 7.30 against uh, against Celtics. After next season, is James Harden a member of the Philadelphia 76ers? Hmm. Yes. Okay. I had to, think, about, go- I had to think about that one, but yeah, maybe. Probably. Possibly. Or him, or do we hear any rumors about him and Joel Embiid clashing for the next? Oh, I would not be surprised in the slightest. Because listen, man, I don't know how Joel's going to feel being down low, wanting the ball, and this guy is up there dancing around, doing step back threes, dribble, 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 put up a shot. You see what I'm saying here? And I, I don't agree. know how James, I don't know how James Harden's going to feel running around, look, waiting for the ball on the perimeter when Joel Embiid is posting up. And it wouldn't know. surprise me one bit when you have two big personalities like that that, that, just, that just decide to clash. Wouldn't and, and, surprise and James, me one bit. And James Harden's the type of guy where if something's going wrong, he that's it. Yep. That's I mean, it. He, he, he saw it. Down. We saw it. We Twice. saw it already. Um, okay, so obviously we'll be talking a lot of NBA over the course of the next couple of months. Um, I do want to keep this episode a little, a little bit shorter since Adam and I are going to be doing a bit more of an extended episode. Uh, the Basing Talk Podcast Fantasy Show will be recording it tomorrow, and you'll hear it on Thursday. We're recording this on Monday. You'll be hearing this on Tuesday. So recording this Monday, you'll be hearing this episode on Tuesday. Adam and I are recording Basing Talk Podcast on Tuesday. You'll be hearing that on Thursday. For now, what I want to do, and just like a little rapid fire sort of thing, not really, and obviously we'll be talking more NBA next week. And we'll get more in depth about 
um, some other teams and other things that are going on is I just want to get, we're going to do one for the, I'm going to do one. You're going to do one. Then we're going to do from the East and we're going to do one from the West. Jake, I'm asking you for one dark horse team from the East that can win the East and then one dark horse team from the West that can win the West. So where do you want to start? You want to start with the East? You want to start with the West? I, I, I guess the West, because that's a little bit more. I don't, I think the East is a, is a three to four team race. There's no way the West though. It, you know, I could see it. So I'll start from the West. Sure. I'm going to, I'm going to state an obvious one and because they can't be counted out. You can't rule out the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron no, James can. and Anthony Davis. So I guess that would be mine from the West. Uh, for the West, for me, again, I think this is this is an obvious one given their given their record, but they can they can win the West, and I mean they're third in the West right now. So I mean, there's no reason why they can't win it. But how about John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies? It's not enough, man. Not enough. There's not enough there, but but guess what? They're a good team. They're a good team, and we all know. We all know what wins at the end of the day. It's solid shooting. And do they have enough to beat the Suns? Probably not. Do they have enough to beat the Warriors? Maybe. But can they beat everybody else? Yeah, I think the one team that I would really worry with the Grizzlies about that's underneath them is the team that you said, Jake. I, th- I think the Lakers actually match up really, really well with the Grizzlies and, 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 and any, any playoff series that would just have, that would have yeah. Valanchunas up against AD. That would be an unreal interior matchup. And who would have thought that we would have said Jonas Valanchunas would have been an intriguing option to see yeah. uh, underneath, but that's just, that's, that's the way he's turned out. He's turned let out to be a team. real quality player. Let me give you, let me give you another. You weren't even thinking about them. What if Kawhi Leonard comes back for the, for the Clippers? I was thinking about it, but I, I'm operating under the assumption that we are not going to see Kawhi. But if he does come back, then of course the Clippers have to have to be considered. Yeah, it's just the West, though. You can see a dark horse at the East. I just like what are we going to say here? The Cavs. I mean, they're a great story, but let, let's be honest here. They're very young. Yeah, and they're very young. They're yeah. they're not they're not ready. Their window is just opening the Cavs. Like I, this is not the year for them. Uh, I mean, if I had to, if I had to pick one, I mean, they've done it before. Toronto Raptors. That would be the one. Yeah. But again, like I, I like you said, the are one... the Raptors are the Raptors good enough to beat the Sixers? Definitely not. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. No, no, no. They're not good enough to beat the Bucks. Nope. I, I think they'd match up well versus the Cavs. I don't think they beat the Bulls. I don't think they beat the Heat. They don't beat the Nets either. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they don't beat the Nets. They don't beat the Nets. No. I mean, yeah. Let me let me give you a dark horse though, yeah, because I think this I think this guy is the most underrated player in the whole NBA. You can't rule out the Boston Celtics with Jason Tatum. I was gonna say Celtics. I was gonna say Celtics. And Jalen Brown's playing like an All Star too, and they yep. they got a little bit of momentum. Again, probably don't have enough, but. Maybe. Yeah. And, and what the hell is it? The Celtics are just one of those teams where it's like, what, what are they waiting for? 
they missed they missed the boat with the championship window. They missed they it a long time ago. It was their move was AD. That was their move. That was the move. And AD, by the way, might be back on the market at the at the end of the uh, the end of the season. Please, please, AD, please, I beg you, I beg you, please. What are you What are you talking about? They are the Lakers going to take back Julius Randle for the reunion? I'm just a suffering Knicks fan, please. I don't even know if RJ. I don't even know if AD really makes sense for the Knicks and the the aspect of like. No, he doesn't make sense. But do I want AD? Yes. Yeah. Nets. Hey, we'll give him. We'll give. No, no, enough. Ben Simmons. I mean, enough. I'm, I'm just saying. LeBron loves Ben Simmons so much. Enough. We need. We will get. We'll get the Lakers Mitchell Robinson. How about that? Great, great player. Well, on the bright side, I mean, I can't see Damian Lillard playing in Portland for too much longer. Oh, oh. Oh, please. Oh, God. But, but, but how are the Knicks getting him without R.J. Barrett? That's We're going to get on our knees. Chauncey Phillips, ex-Nick. You want to help us? Ex-Nick for a half a season. You want to help us? Please. So, so I actually did want to talk about the Knicks, though, because them and the Lakers did absolutely nothing during the trade deadline. Yeah, but, they did absolutely nothing. But, but at the end of the day, though, what could the Knicks have really have done? Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing that the Knicks could have done that would have made sense for what their, I put this in air quotes and use this very loosely, what their long-term vision is is currently. There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's not much of a surprise that a team didn't want to take back Evan Fournier's contract. Oh, what Julie. a surprise. Kemba Walker. I mean, Kemba Walker might be on the buyout more. I mean, you if you're the next though, you have to find a way. You you I think honestly, it just comes to a point where you have to take Kemba Walker out of the rotation and play Emmanuel quickly and Quentin Grimes. I agree. I, I mean, agree. we're at that point. We're at that point, and and also enough with with Taj Gibson too. Just let yeah. Obi Toppin play. Agreed. Agreed. Let Obi Toppin play. Let him let him build some value. And guess what? Uh, if he fucks yeah. up. If he fucks up. He fucks up. You're 25 and 32 for a reason. I don't think Thibodeau is the right coach for this for this team. To be honest with you, I think it was a great story last year, but I don't see Thibodeau as the kind of guy that wants to be a part of a team that is rebuilding. Not yeah. the Knicks aren't rebuilding, but they they're retooling, retooling, and like they want to play young. Play. I don't think Thibodeau is in the is in the mood to teach. Oh, no, guys on the fly. You see what I'm saying? No, they need they need a modern coach that's willing that's willing to be a teacher and groom these younger players. And that's not Thibodeau. It's not. It's not him. I, I mean, I, quite honestly, and, and this is this is just some hypothetical world. I think Thibodeau is like a, is a great coach for what the Nets kind of need, whereas Steve Nash, whereas Steve Nash is kind of what the Knicks kind of need. I'm not saying Steve Nash is a bad coach. I'm not saying that he, he's not. I think he's a good fit for the Nets. But I'm just saying that if the roles were reversed, I actually think it's kind of what the the, the better fit would be is that Thibodeau with the Nets and Steve Nash with the Knicks it would rely on playing young players, which is what which is really what Steve Nash has had to do this entire year because you've had Kyrie who hasn't played in, in any of the home games and has had his own injury issues. And then Kevin Durant, much, much of the same story. I've got a hot take. You know who I think my coach, the Nets next year, if things don't work, you don't get better with Steve Nash. Hottest of hot takes. I'm afraid of who you're going to say, go ahead. I think Greg Popovich. That would be, that'd be something. 
be something. But the Knicks, though, I think you're right, though. The Knicks kind of need that new and innovate, kind of like what Chauncey Billups is with the Portland Trailblazers. I think that's yeah. an interesting um, parallel there. I mean, if you, if you really look at – I thought maybe Jason Kidd made a, le- uh, made a, le- a level of sense for them. That's the name that I had in my head. But now that's obviously sailed. Um, I mean, right? maybe maybe if there's ever a chance that you lure Eric Spolstra from Miami, but I, I no, I that's thought, not happening. No, no, there's a better chance of hell freezing over. Um, I mean, I don't even know. Maybe who. maybe coach maybe Coach Cal. <laughs> maybe. Oh, yay! Oh, whoopee! <laughs> coach, that's coach, that's the next. That's what the Knicks really need. You know, you know what the next the, the Knicks will probably do is when the Lakers inevitably fire Frank Vogel, they'll fire Thibodeau, they'll bring in Frank Vogel, and he'll be the fucking coach of the Knicks. I I I sincerely hope not. I really hope not. I really hope not. That'd be such a Knicks thing to do. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if the Knicks. I don't know if the Knicks are going to fire Thibodeau. I think that I could just see Thibodeau just saying like, you know. I'm done. I'm step they kind of mutually part ways. Mutually part ways. See what I'm saying? Mutually part ways. Yeah. Air quotes. Mutually. Mutually. They maybe, agree maybe. to part ways. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't think Coach Cal is that ludicrous. Hey, having a good one for you. An interesting one. An interesting one. Very okay. outside the box. Comes with comes with baggage, but no doubt is a good basketball coach. I think some ties with the Knicks as well. I think I know who you're going to say. How about Rick Pitino? Yeah, that's who I thought you were going to say. How about no. him? No. no. No? I If I'm going for a coach with baggage. You're not going to the college level for any coaches then? No. If I'm going for a coach with baggage, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go for Mark Jackson. But – but he's got the bag the baggage is a mile long it's not it's not the baggage it's just just, i don't think that's what the knicks need i think he's the same type of coach as tom thibodeau um yes but at the same time i think you look you you look at the program that he half built with golden state and it's just unfortunate that he wasn't there to to finish the job that's what he can kind of do for the Knicks, and and, and, it's, and look, it's proven that players absolutely love Mark Jackson. So, and I think that's kind of the opposite of what we have with with Thibodeau. I think there's a real disconnect right now, and it's the main difference between this year and last year. Was this year? It just seems like that there is a lot of uh, a lot of uh, tension, I guess, between <laughs> players and coach. I thought of a which, funny one. <laughs> oh, please, please share. Well, maybe you can get Phil Jackson in here to run the triangle. <laughs> if the New York Knicks really hate me, they'll bring in Phil Jackson. If they if they really hate me, if they, they really they can have me. a big welcome home party for him. Fuck Phil Jackson. He did find Kristaps Porzingis for them. Everybody killed him for it too at the time. And then subsequently traded him. But hey, thank goodness we didn't bring we didn't bring KP back. Because what if we if we traded assets to bring back Porzingis? <laughs> imagine imagine we gave Dallas their first round pick back and Cam Reddish to get Kristaps. 
I, I would have lost my mind. I would have lost I, my I, mind. I'm not gonna lie to you. I I kind of like Chris Dapps for Zangus. Not as like an obvious star, but for a guy that the Nets need, I think. I kind no, of like I, Porzingis from that from that aspect. I thought about it. I think Joe Harris for I think Joe Harris and like a first round pick or two for the Nets in the offseason makes a lot of sense for Chris Stapps Porzingis. Listen, I mean, I, I, I like KP too. I mean, I, I I don't mind KP, but you gave up. You traded him already. You traded him I already. You're going to trade for him back. Well, if, if they would have traded, if they would have traded Cam Reddish though, that would have just looked like they don't know what the hell is going on. I think Cam Reddish might honestly just be a bad bet. He must be really bad if they're not playing him. He, the, he has to be – there has to be something to it. I agree. I agree that, that they just they just think that he's bad, bad, which he might be. He might just be bad, bad. Might be. I mean, he, the fact that they were already willing to trade him. Yeah, yeah, uh, that that says a lot. That says a lot. And, and apparently the only thing that kept him and Alec Burks in, in New York was the uh, – was can you believe this? Was the Raptors not wanting to trade the Knicks a first round pick because they wanted a first round pick for Cam Reddish? My goodness, like where could you get a first round pick? Wait, you fucking had one and you traded it for Cam fucking Reddish, you idiots. Well, 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 <laughs> well like, here's another, God. here's I another, lose my fucking voice again. Jesus here's, Christ, this, look, here, look what this team does to me. And here's another and here's another great one too for you. The Kings decided to hang on to Harrison Barnes. Leon Rose, Worldwide West. Thank you very, very, very much. Can Thank you believe you. that? That they 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 couldn't get the pursuit of Harrison Barnes, but fell short. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. But we couldn't trade for Tyrese fucking Halliburton. That's crazy. I that to me that's that's got to be the worst trade I've seen. And see Tyrese Halliburton with the Pacers right now too. Oh, 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 oh I have. Oh, I have. And it, it's uh, I don't want to shit on Sabonis because Sabonis has played well for the Kings so far. He's played well. He's played well. But we're talking about Sabonis, who's probably a good player for the Kings for what maybe the next two years, two three. I don't care. I, Tyrese. Tyrese Halliburton is an all-star for the next 10 years. And he was there for the Knicks to take. I wanted to remind you. In their hands. In their hands. In their hands. And, their hands. and they went with – and they needed a guard. <laughs> they needed a guard. They went with Mr. fucking Dayton. They went with Obi Toppin instead, who can't even buy a fucking game right now. But, and, and you know but, what's crazy is, too, Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky was there, and they didn't take him. To be fair, though, to be fair, if the Knicks had drafted Halliburton or Tyrese Maxey, they still would probably be on the fucking bench right now. So yeah. <laughs> they would probably be on the bench. Yes. They For, more than, is, they more is, than likely would be. Is getting Derek t- Rose back? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, don't don't they worry. They would be on the bench. <laughs> don't, don't you worry. When Derek Rose comes back, he's playing 33 minutes off the jump. Don't, don't get that twisted. Kemba Walker. We, we, we'll never see him again. When Derrick Rose is back, when, and nobody when wanted Tom him, has his guy, Kemba Walker will be, will be fired out of a Trevor Jack. And, and nobody wanted him, Kemba Walker or, or Evan Fournier. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. What a surprise. No one wanted, no one wanted a four year, $72 million contract that's on Evan Fournier. Nobody <laughs> wanted that. Oh, what a surprise. Oh, what a shock. Oh, 
look at what this team does. I, I, I have no voice and I didn't have a voice before this. Now I just have no, no, I have no more. Voice. The voice is dead. The voice, the voice is very, very, very dead. Uh, Jake, thank you very much, sir, for your time. It has been a pleasure as usual, ranting and raving. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll be talking about more, uh, more NBA. Uh, and then this little, little tease. We're getting a little bit closer to the start of March Madness. So next week, uh, we're going to do a little March Madness exercise. Maybe um, some baseball? Maybe? Do a little little baseball update. Yeah, we could do a little free agency. Or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah, we could do a little baseball. Why not? Why not? Hey, we could be optimistic and say that the lockout is going to end tomorrow. We could be optimistic. It's not going to, Yikes. but it's the optimism that kills. For Jake, I'm Bird. Thank you very much for listening to the Basement Talk Podcast. Listen to the Basement Talk Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Leave a four-star review and tell us how much you like the program. We'll be back on Thursday with the Basement Talk Podcast finished show. And then Jake and I will be back next week with another Basement Talk Podcast. Until then, bye-bye.